And welcome back to another episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and joining me on the line, it's Brit from Twitter at uh, Tweets by Brit. She's known for her love of Nicolas Cage movies, wildly inappropriate tweets, and the libertarian uh, California takes. You can find her on Twitter at Tweets by Brit and coming soon, a podcast on Anchor, Libertarian Brit. How's it going? Great. How are you? Oh, doing pretty good. Worked all day. <laughs> Finally made it home. I was uh, thought I was going to be doing like 12 hours of overtime and uh, only had to do nine. So I guess uh, small victories. Uh, that sounds fun. My husband made it home just in time to hide our children. So <laughs> <laughs> Got to hide the kiddos so they don't go busting into the room. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a ice cream and movie night for them. So, oh. hopefully, yeah, hopefully they'll be quiet for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. Um, uh, during my interview with uh, Car Camp at uh, several months ago, uh, my little girl just uh, just decided to bust into the room and wanted to start talking on the mic. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> parenting life. Yeah, I was like, uh, okay, sure, let the three year old talk. <laughs> <laughs> could be great could be awful you never know so. <laughs> yeah most of the time she like is scared of it and doesn't want to go near it but then uh, uh, for whatever reason that day she just wanted to get all up on it oh most of the time yeah, i just my... have to shoo the dogs away because they always want to jump up in my lap oh see we have a bunny and all it does is just hide in the cage we try and let it out and um just right back in his his little it's actually like a two-story coop that we have for him, so I would probably want to stay there, too. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Got all yeah. my food and water right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no children climbing all over you. Yeah, that's very true. The kids aren't going to be running around trying to pick you up if you just stay in the cage all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my uh, older brother had a chinchilla there for a long time, and... um that little thing was a sociopath. It would uh, it would lure you in because you want to pet the chinchilla because they're nice and soft. And then all of a sudden he would turn and bite you. Oh, yeah, no, that's not fun. <laughs> no, this, we had dogs for, I mean, I had two dogs for 10 years. And um, after they passed away, my kids wanted another dog and I just couldn't do it. So um, I we found this bunny through like a friend of a friend yeah and at first i was like no no more pets it's it's too hard and um you know just too sad when after my dogs passed away i just thought i can't do this it's gonna be a heartbreak and then i found out bunnies live for like 10 years and i was like all right like all right go ahead and we'll go ahead and do it and then i absolutely fell in love with this little bunny his name's cheesecake and um that's a great name for a bunny (laughs) well my three-year-old named it cheesecake so um and I'm completely allergic to him, his hay, probably the house he lives in. Oh, no. So, I know. So, I'm just constantly taking allergy pills because, I, like, every day I'm like, I just want to hold you, bunny. So, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, my uh, my younger brother loves cats, but he is uh, really super allergic to them. Like, if he walks in the house, he doesn't even have to be near him. It's just whatever is floating around in the air. His eyes will start welling up, and he was like, "Uh oh, I don't think a uh, Benadryl is going to help this." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how I am. I actually went to the doctor, and I said, "Well, I heard that it 
if you just stay around them long enough, your allergies, you'll get used to it. And the doctor was like, no, that's like <laughs> completely inaccurate. You're going to probably get worse and worse. You should probably start allergy shots. And so here we are. Um, yeah. And it, it, it just keeps getting worse, but I don't care. I love the bunny. So, <laughs> like, yeah, it's uh, he will have to go in and uh, get the uh, the shot every like six months. Because uh, yeah. my mom still has a cat. I don't have a cat anymore. But uh, he and he finally noticed that uh, during Christmas he was over at my house and he was like, "Hmm, I'm not uh, I'm not dying. What, what's going on? Where's yeah. the cat?" And I was like, "Well, you know, he was 15 and he died finally." <laughs> and he was like, shitty. "He was like, oh, okay, well, good." <laughs> I was like, "No, it oh. wasn't good. It was he was my buddy." <laughs> He's like, well, I, I don't mean it like that. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just giving you shit. But it was, uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, the last time he was uh, at my house when we still had the cat, he ended up having to go to the emergency room. He was having such a bad fit with it. They had to give him a oh shot right gosh. then and there. <laughs> That's terrible. Awful. You know, I recall us having bunnies when I was a kid, but they were outside and mm-hmm. they never stuck around too long. Um, in fact, I never had any pets as a kid that stuck around very long. Like as an adult was when I got my first like dog and I had him, I had her for 10 years. So, uh, I, I just always assumed that you only kept pets until they got big enough for you to set them free. So, yeah. So hopefully my kids will not learn that lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a, uh, there's, there's actually a, quite the movement of that where people will take in like um vet rescues uh just just enough for them to uh, get better and then they want to get them out so they can get the next one in yeah so i mean it's like okay well you know if you get a one pet just keep it <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, no they want to get through as yeah. many as they can you know it's kind of weird but as soon as i had my dogs i was like I'm never like I'm having you forever. <laughs> like I was just, I, I, I was so excited that I got to keep them. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, only uh, exposure that we have to uh, bunny rabbits are the wild ones that live out in the uh, out in the woods. We'll uh, pull into the driveway and occasionally we'll see one, and then they uh, uh, they, they take off from us. The, the little wild uh, rabbits. We have them here. And I didn't realize when we moved, um, I live in Los Angeles County, but I lived in Studio City for years and years, um, which is basically like the valley. But once we moved out to Santa Clarita, which is still Los Angeles County, but it's it's not L.A., I was not used to all the nature that's out here and we got, we have wild rabbits, we have coyotes, um, snakes, and none of it I am used to. The first week that we moved in, there was a giant like man-sized lizard in our backyard. Oh yeah. And I just, my husband, I said, we can't, I can't live in nature. You're going to, you're going to have to take me back to the Valley. I can't do this. I've lived like in LA my whole life. I can't, I can't do this. And he's like, this is still us. I was like, this is not Los Angeles. This is like, this is, <laughs> this is the outskirts no. of the outskirts yeah. of Los Angeles. It's like, this yeah. is not. And now I love it. And I'm like, okay, I can deal with the animals because I can always find parking at Trader Joe's. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my compromise. Yeah. It's um, living in uh, Southern Louisiana and now Texas, uh, 
nature is all around us. Uh, even if you're like just 10 minutes outside of a city, you're practically in the middle of the woods. And, uh, oh, I bet. yeah, so it gets uh, pretty nuts. Uh, my house in Louisiana, when we were having it painted, when we first moved in, the, uh, painters were doing the backside of the house. And like, all of a sudden I hear all the guys screaming and hollering and they're like, Oh my God, Oh my God, a snake. And I go back there and it's a, uh, Eastern speckled king snake. And, uh, the thing is, you know, a good four feet long and it had just got up onto the stairs just to sun itself to uh, warm up for the day. So I reached down and I just picked the snake up and move him around. I put oh him out, God. put him out behind the garage. And I was like, uh, yeah, Elvis needs to stay back there so he can eat the rats that are in the field. Uh, he doesn't need to be up next to the house. And they were just kind of looking at me strange. It was like, you, you just pick up the snake like that. I was like, yeah, the, the male king snake is, uh, kind of docile. It, if there was Priscilla around here, I would be worried about it. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. No, I, My mic just fell. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. I was just like, let's just sidestep that, whatever that noise was. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the uh, the swing arm starting to move down. I was like trying to catch it just in time, but nope. <clears throat> that was funny. All right, that's yeah. staying in. I'm not editing that out at all. <laughs> <laughs> we had... One snake here. In fact, my neighbors always will send like, like text messages, like a group message. If there's like a snake or a bobcat or any wild animal and say like, Hey, you know, we had a rattlesnake in our yard, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, but I, I hadn't seen one until we were here about two years. And, um, I, we had just, we just got the bunny and I used to, like we would let it outside to kind of just, you know, hop around and stuff every day. And I was putting it in like a holding crate and I put it outside in the holding crate on top of a table. And I was cleaning the like big hutch mm-hmm. inside, uh, which is in our living room because, you know, kids. <laughs> right. And I, I, my babysitter was here and she said, you know, what? there's a snake outside. And I said, no, there's not a snake. There's no snakes. We don't, the, the neighbors get snakes. We don't get snakes. That's, that's the neighbor's <laughs> problem. And it was a red racer snake. And it like was trying to get up into the bunny's crate. Mm. And I, like my husband had bought a snake, like catcher thing. Uh, I was terrified. I looked at the babysitter and I said, I will pay you a hundred dollars if you will go out and get that snake. Because if not, <laughs> The the bunny's on its own. Yeah. And we're burning the house down. And we're, like, we're never coming back to this place because it's bad and it's wrong. It's wrong to be here. And, um, she just looked at me and said, no, I'll go out inside and get it. And I, of course, told her, like, no, it's fine. I'll go get the bunny. Um, and then I found out from our neighbors that um, the snakes will come into the yard if they, you know, if the bunnies are in the yard all the time. Yeah. So... Uh, now we make sure that we don't have them out when it's like at dawn or at dusk when snakes like to come out, right. which was another thing I learned. So <laughs> we try and let him hop around outside in the middle of the day. And then usually just around the house, he has like free reign, but he tends to stay in one spot. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a whole different story in Louisiana. We get all different kinds of snakes and, um, they are out there because oh, it's actually kind of the circle of life type of thing. We get uh, rats in the yard and the rats are in the yard because they are attracted to dog poop. And <laughs> so 
anytime that the dogs go outside, they're trying to catch something. They're either going to catch a rat or they're going to catch one of the rabbits. And um, so there's always like little rodent guts everywhere too. Oh. <laughs> and, so, and so the snakes are just kind of going around just catching all that stuff. And uh, every once in a while, we uh, would catch a couple of rat snakes inside the house. And we could never figure out where they were coming in at. So, uh, yeah, so it was one of those things. If you had to use the toilet, you had to go, you know, take take a knee, look underneath, and make sure something wasn't coiled up over the uh, water supply line. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That would be terrifying. Yeah, we, was, um, uh, one time I came in, the cat was just meowing and growling at something. I was like, what are you, what are you looking at? And I go and look underneath there. I was like, oh, god damn, another rat snake. Yeah, luckily that's the only one, the only snake I've ever seen. However, we have coyotes that come through our yard regularly. Yeah, my husband was outside. Thing. Yeah. yeah, my husband was outside smoking a cigarette one night, and a coyote hopped our front gate and just walked right past him, looked at him, didn't even stop, just kind of just kept on walking, hopped our back fence. Yep. And then behind our back fence is just like a huge hill. Yeah. And kind of like canyon area and uh he walked inside he told me what had happened and i just said well we're gonna just i guess burn the house down and move back to the valley <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's my response it, for it seems to be a recurring <laughs> theme let's just burn the yeah, house down and move back to los that. angeles <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was before i kind of you know found my bearings here and now i'm just used to it the only thing that bothers me is uh I, we ripped out all the plants in our front yard and planted a rose garden. I didn't. We paid a person to do that. Right. You know, it's L.A. Still, it's still L.A. It might be the outskirts, but it's like we don't, you know. But you can um, take credit for other people's work. Sure. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> so we we had, we put a whole rose garden in and the rabbits, it's constant. They just eat my flowers oh, all yeah. the time. And, I feel like, you know what, I kind of have to let them because I feel guilty because I didn't plant them myself. So, you know, what are you gonna, they're not really mine. But. <laughs> yeah, at least for us, the uh, the rabbits will go after the, um, the blueberries and uh, sometimes they'll just eat some of the, like the mint that we had growing out there and just kind of left alone and it could just kind of went everywhere. They'll eat all that stuff. So wherever those bunnies are at, they got nice fresh breath. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it, it's and it's it's crazy how you actually grow to love all of this, too. Like, I could not oh, yeah. imagine leaving here ever now. Uh, in fact, we had talked about it and I was like, I can't leave my home. I love this place. I'm going to miss <laughs> the coyotes and the bunnies and not the snake. I'm not going to miss the snake. Yeah. But, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people won't miss uh, the random snake encounter. So, yeah. Oh. But yeah, coyotes, that's a that's a different thing altogether. And now they're in every state. Because uh, I remember as a kid, we lived in uh, Reno, Nevada. And uh, you would see coyotes out there all the time. And then when we moved to Texas, you would see them every once in a while, but it was kind of a rare thing. But now, you know, yeah. Louisiana, Texas, you can just go down the road and um, you'll just see them just kind of picking at dead things in the road. Sometimes they'll uh, they'll also eat fruit. Because we have a fig tree, and I've uh, caught one getting up onto the tree to get the little uh, the figs that come off of it, and you're like, you can't be getting anything out of that. Why are you, why are you even wasting my time? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, one morning I went jogging, and I had one like follow me for a good mile and a half, and I'm like, 
uh, I don't really like this wild animal being behind me. So I'm like kind of turning around every once in a while to make sure he's keeping his distance. So I was just turning around. I was like, why are you following me? (laughs) I've got no food. I'm not going to feed you. (laughs) Yeah. And I actually, at first, even though it bothered me now that I've kind of, I've come to realize like all of the building that we're doing, it's like they were kind of here first. Yeah. They wouldn't be here <laughs> if there wasn't so much building going on. Like it, it's really, it's like, okay, well we moved into your area. So yeah. we all have to kind of get along. <laughs> yeah. And the other part of that is even if the, uh, the building had stopped at, at some point it, it would encroach just because, you know, where yeah. there's humans, there's going to be garbage and, and uh, small animals for the, for the least of the predators, like the, the mountain lions and the coyotes to go after. So yeah, even if you stop yeah. building altogether, at some point they would start coming back and filtering into the neighborhoods and everything. Yeah. And you know, that's actually one of my favorite things about living in Santa Clarita. Um, they, they, there's building, there's a lot of building going on, but the people in this community, they really care about the community. Yeah. Uh, like you, 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 you can tell the difference between people that are really invested in making where they live a, a better place as opposed to a place that they're staying at until they move on to the place that they want to stay at. And it's absolutely, it's just endearing. Uh, so yeah, there is a, a sharp difference between, uh, Santa Clarita and like, uh, Silver Lake, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's true. In fact, I, uh, if you would have asked me, 10 years ago where I would want to live, I absolutely would have told you Silver Lake. Um, I hate the politics, but <laughs> you know, I love the culture. <laughs> so now I just drive my mom SUV down to Silver Lake when I want to go visit it right. and wonder why I ever, you know, wanted to live there. But that was before I had two kids and I didn't need a backyard. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. You know, and one of the other things that's great about being out here too is that it is that the people that are out here they want to take care of the environment that they're in and make sure and and they're 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 aware of the fact that there is a lot there is wild animals there is nature there are things that we have to deal with and that they were here first yeah and uh, and so they do tend to just take care of the space around them take care of their neighbors and they will be the first ones to tell you, Hey, that snake is not, that's not a rattlesnake. That's not a dangerous snake. So just let that snake be in your yard. That snake's helping you out. And, uh, there's something nice about that. There's something nice about just people that are, you know, in a community looking out for one another, but there's no hard and fast rules of what to do and have to have to do. Obviously there is because, we live in California. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to <laughs> say California, the state of hard and fast rules. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But we're lucky. We're, I mean, we're a little more, we're a little more red over here, I guess. We're purple now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, people tend to be a little more either libertarian, conservative, um, which, you know, some it's, it's hard sometimes because I think, there's a lot of people that I know that I'm friends with, especially out here that are very hard left, you know, leaning. Um, and then you move out here and it's a culture shock and I'm very libertarian. (laughs) So, um, I wasn't used to people telling me how, um, like how liberal I was, which I, I felt like, 
almost like it was almost like you know putting on like a costume or something and being like some sort of like superhero or super villain depending on what <laughs> what you think of me like being like nobody knows who I really am like so <laughs> so it's kind of fun it's kind of fun to um to to be here and see both sides and be able to to say oh yeah I get you on that or say like I you know I like you but you kind of sound crazy on this. So it gives, I feel like it gives me a chance to actually get to know people oh, yeah. without yeah, yeah, yeah. dismissing them because of their politics. Yeah. And that's the, that's kind of the name of the game. If, if you can make friends with somebody, uh, a lot of times people will look past maybe the crazy aspects, especially when um, you get like anarchists like myself and I'll start talking to people and I'm not going to throw out. And it's like, yeah, you know, really, we should just get rid of the government, police, military, all of that. You know, I'm going <laughs> yeah. to I'm going to maybe like give them a soft landing first. I was like, well, I mean, as far as police are concerned, I mean, really, we got security guards, right? You know, and just try to ease them <laughs> into it a little bit. But, uh, yeah, if you're in a small knit community like that, yeah, that's the uh, the best way to to handle that kind of yeah. stuff. You don't want to just give it to them full blast. I mean, unless they're being a dick, but <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, Oh yeah, let me tell you something. <laughs> I think when I first moved out here and started joining the Facebook groups, um, and that would get heated. Um, that was when I thought, Oh my gosh, these people are crazy because they're <laughs> super hard left and super hard. Right. Right. And when I, I, I actually started my own, you know, Facebook group for libertarians. And there was just me and one other person for like a year. And then eventually it got bigger and bigger. And, um, we were on the radio out here and then more people started joining. And when really we just set the only rule we really set was like, just, you can have discourse, but it has to be civil. Like that was just just the whole civil discourse is key. That was it. Um, we really got to know people. And the more people I met out here, the more I realized that these are all, these are all good people. Like people, I, I think a lot of people that are in that talk about politics, not just politics, but talk about the way they want the country to be on both sides of the, the aisle. Really. I think that a lot of them are good people. They just have a different way of how they want to achieve things. Yeah, And if you, really talk to them a lot of times it's like I think in my mind like I think you're a libertarian and you just don't know it (laughs) like (laughs) like like if you really just embrace and and even that it's like I'm moving away from which I mean because I started out I, I would say pretty like liberal and then moved more conservative and then moved into libertarianism about like 10 12 years ago and like slowly move towards like minarchist probably by the time i'm 40 i'm gonna be a full-on anarchist (laughs) (laughs) it's like i'm slow it's like because you always have to at least in my mind to 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 realize how much freedom you really want you have to realize how much responsibility you have to take on and i think that that is like always a gut check moment for me and it's always like what I believe with the reality comes down to is people that are willing to take responsibility for themselves and not have the safety net of the government. It's like the government is the devil, you know, and now time for a break right here in the middle of the show. Harry, Chussman, out. Harry, Harry, 
What are you doing? Huh? Uh, biting a bullet. Why are you biting my bullets? Well, you know, that's the, the thing you do. Uh, uh, you bite bullets. No, uh, no, it's a phrase. What? It's a figure of speech. No, it can't be. Yeah, you know, kind of means you doing something that you don't want to do. Biting the bullet. Oh. Well, I heard it on your podcatcher. Oh my god, no, 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 no. That's a podcast. The Fighting Mongeese. Mongai. <laughs> Dummy. Anyways, are they coming to Childerberg? <laughs> yeah, I think they're coming to Childerberg. Really? Holy shit. Okay, alright, settle down. And stay out of my scotch. That's right, folks. Biting the Bullet Podcast. Get it wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Google, Spotify, all those places. You know where to go get them. All right. Now that we've paid some of the bills around here, now back to the interview. Yeah. And if, if when you realize that you don't have, you can't wield that to do your build, your bidding, or you don't want to wield that to do your bidding, you just want to let people do their thing and you do your thing, but then you kind of have to hold your own in that. I think it's a little scary, but it's also extremely liberating. So, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. kind of like when you moved out to the outskirts of the outskirts of Los Angeles. You know, at first it's exactly. terrifying because you have all these wild animals that you don't normally encounter unless they're behind glass at a zoo. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. you know, little by little over time, you're just like, it's like, oh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the little uh, racer snake. That's not really going to do anything, you know, unless I corner it somewhere. Uh, it's like, oh, there goes the coyotes running down the street. Guess they're after, exactly. you know, something else, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, we never, as far as people, when they, when we talk to them and they, I was like, oh, that's just a utopian idea. I was like, no, 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 no. It's anything but utopian. Cause you got to realize <laughs> how much responsibility everyone would have in that kind of society where, you know, the non-aggression principle and property rights are the uh, the name of the game, you know. And uh, yeah, if you can't be aggressive towards others because, number one, people would stop dealing with you <laughs> uh, at the very yeah. least. Uh, or, <laughs> you know, you're going to be paying out a lot of lawsuits. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's dangerous freedom is what it is. It's, uh, there's no safety net. You're going to be up there by yourself. And uh, hopefully you'll have friends along with you to help you out. But, um, yeah, we're not advocating for utopia by any stretch. No, I, I don't. It, it always strikes me as, um, I don't want to say ignorant because I'm a nice lady, but <laughs> I'll just say it always strikes me as odd when people choose the term utopia to describe libertarianism or anarchism. It's like, that's not really... That's not, that's not even close to it. It's like, it's, we just want to be left alone <laughs> and <laughs> yes. like left to make our own decisions. And it's, to me, it's almost like, especially when people say like, oh, that's a teenager. That's, a, it's like, no, that's what a full adult is, is somebody realizing this can be really scary, but this is also the best way to live my life. Like I am secure enough that I can live my life in the best way I see fit. And right. uh, I, I, I think when people start to kind of, when you, when you approach it from that aspect, a lot of people are like, oh, okay, I guess it's not, you know, exactly what you say. I, I think that is one of the biggest issues when I talk to people 
Um, and the other thing is how I reconcile being a Christian and a libertarian. And for me, uh, I think that being a Christian and my faith is actually why I'm a libertarian. Just, it, it just, I can't see any other way to, I can't see any other way to be a Christian without letting people have as much free will as possible. Because for me, that's pretty much like what hinges on, you know, being a Christian. So <laughs> it's like, you're free will to be able to choose that. That's uh, yeah. kind of, you know. Yeah, when I um, I was working in an engineering firm in Baton Rouge, and uh, I was talking about libertarian stuff with uh, one of the engineers who was from Brazil, and uh, she was very concerned when I said libertarian, and she was like, "Well, is this like socialism?" I was like, "No, <laughs> no far from it." And then she was like, "Then she was uh, I I gave her the uh, Adam Kokesh Freedom book so she can read through it." And she goes, oh, okay. yeah, so she was reading through it and she goes, oh, well, you know, we talk about this in Bible class, uh, you know, the golden rule and everything. I was like, that's exactly what we what we want. Treat others like you would expect to be treated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, a non-aggression principle just wrapped up in a nice little bow. Yeah. I think actually the, the best line I ever heard on that was, uh, you know, the, the platinum rule is not to treat others the way that you want to be treated just treat others the way that they want to be treated. Yeah. So like, yeah. Even like, better. Yeah. You just let them do, it doesn't, you know, like if it was up to me, I would probably have a whole different set of rules that I have a whole different set of rules for my children than I would have for, you know, a, a, any person out in society. You know, I have a whole different set of goals that I want for myself and my kids and my, you know, my family or whatever, then probably my next door neighbors, probably the people down the street. So what do I care what they're doing? As long as they're not forcing it on me, what do I care? Why would I force my, my line of thinking on them? Yeah. And that's um, a, uh, that's, that's kind of a big deal uh, these days because uh, people are still trying to get through the, um, uh, I don't really want to say brainwashing, but uh, conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> that they've received in public schools uh, since they were little kids. And uh, it, you, you can see it when I start talking about decriminalizing drugs and everything. Uh, and I was like, well, you know, uh, people are choosing to put a substance inside their body. Um, and we got people filling prison cells who aren't violent towards other people. They're just there because they had possession of a substance that was banned. And it was like yeah. this this didn't work before. And, you know, then they kind of stopped me. It was like, well, what do you mean before? I was like, yeah. And then, you know, in the 1920s and thirties where there was this whole alcohol prohibition. And then they, you kind of see them start to turn the gears on it a little bit. And I was like, yeah, and, you know, prohibition didn't work. Then you had a whole bunch of criminals going around, uh, filling the need in the market of people wanting to have intoxicating liquors. And then all of a sudden we know people like Al Capone, and Bugsy yeah. Siegel and everybody who was doing rum running uh, from uh, Cuba and everything before it uh, fell to a communist uh, takeover. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it's, you know, modern day prohibition. We see the same things. We now have Mexican cartels. There's a bunch of violence in the inner cities because of drugs and because they're illegal. You know, the, I can talk about Portugal until I'm blue in the face, but they even still today will use that oh well marijuana is a gateway drug to something else and i'm like oh oh come yeah. on it's old bad like, information i know it's like i i i don't I, well probably like most of the people i know i smoked pot in high school 
and I would like, I hate it now. I would never do it. It was something that I did to find out that I don't like it. So like, and you're not, and you're not alone in that. There's plenty of people who, who smoked it before. And then they're like, and you know, I, I can see why people like it. It'll give you the giggles for a little bit, or you might get sleepy and that it's not something I would schedule my day around, you know, and then there's other people who will schedule (laughs) the schedule their entire day over it. So, and I don't understand this, this, I never understood this gateway argument anyways, because it's like, you can say that about anything. TV is a gateway. Sugar is a gateway. Cigarettes are a gateway. It's like anything. Anything that you do excessively can lead to, you know, uh, anything you do excessively can end up leading you to, to, you know, harm's way or something dangerous or a shorter lifespan or a, a lesser quality of life. That's not my problem, though. I mean, like, yeah. that sounds harsh. It's not It's not my job to police everyone else. And it shouldn't really. Why? Why do we Why do we try and do this? Why do we try? I, I don't understand why we try and police other adults in, in only certain areas. It's not like we do it with everything. Although, again, I live in California. We're trying to. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, you know. Except for the things that I would say, like, oh, maybe we should not, you know, maybe we should put the 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 reins on this. Uh, there's a couple things where I'm still there, um, but you know, California like adamantly disagrees with me on those things. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I just I don't understand that argument at all. Um, yeah, and, a lot of times I'll try to overcome that with the uh, just framing it was like why is it the government's job to parent other adults you know yeah. <laughs> and i've put it in that and terms before and then they're they like yeah i was like you can barely run your life by yourself without other people helping you you definitely don't need a bureaucrat you know a, a hundred miles away in some city hall telling you what to do <laughs> who doesn't know you and know what you need or what you don't need uh and then the rest of that is just playing off of people's good nature and their good intentions you know, we all have good intentions towards each other. And so we say, well, I, I wouldn't put this substance in my body. Uh, therefore, that guy can't. You know, it's it, it gets it gets muddied really quick. Oh, yeah. I, I think that one of the things, especially like out here, to just not to change the subject, but to kind of move away from just the substance is we have a bill that just passed. We, we already had a bill. We already had a law that kids that go to public schools have to be vaccinated unless they have a doctor's note and they can't have a religious exception. And we've just taken that a step further to say kids with a doctor's note for a medical excuse still have to go through an appeals process. Um, And to me, it's, I, I, it feels like it's just so overbearing and oppressive um, that I don't understand why we're doing this. Why, why would you give a doctor a license in California and then say that essentially that your license is useless because you can't make decisions for your patients? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and the reasoning is, well, some of these doctors will fraudulently sign those papers. Well, you could try and go after them or you could just, you know, what the truth is, is that you could say, I don't agree with that doctor's decision, but I'm going to go along with it because they're the expert, not me. Just because 
I'm a congressman doesn't mean that I am the end all be all. Um, and, and especially for a parent like me, my son has type one diabetes. He also has inflammation, um, and allergies to some of the, the, um, adhesive on his medical equipment. So my decision for him to get him vaccinated because he has a compromised immune system, it actually took a backseat to his, to his endocrinologist at the time and his doctors and, um, saying he should have one vaccine at a time. Yeah. And this was, this was what a medical team had came up with uh, people that actually yeah, went so to that you're not overloading his son. already compromised immune system. Yeah. So, yeah. There, and, and his doctor was afraid because of his inflammation that, um, it, it just wasn't a good idea, especially, t- you know, especially coupled with type one diabetes. I don't really know, you know, everything about it. Um, but that was a decision that they made. And this law puts my son at risk. My son has to now, I have to now make the choice for my son. Do you maybe miss some time in school, which you already miss because you have type one diabetes. Um, and you know, things happen and you're in a nurse's office three to five times a day. Or do I just take the risk, give you all your vaccinations at once, and then we move along? Or do we, um, you know, just try and make our lives extremely difficult? And I, I make sure that I'm taking you to a doctor's appointment every week after, you know, after school, before school, and just take up all of my time because now I have to do this in, you know, a, a super crazy time frame because yeah. some random congressman who just wanted to make a name for himself decided to push this and group think rules here and everyone got behind it without actually thinking what it does for the people that really need to be able to have those kind of exemptions and i i i'm a little like even gun shy about even bringing it up because i'm not anti it's like i'm not an anti-vaxxer at all but when you bring up questioning anything oh yeah that's the that's the first label that you'll get painted with yeah it's like you can only be one or the other or if you say if going back to to doing drugs or anything like that oh well just libertarians want everyone to be on heroin like no we don't we absolutely don't like not at all that's a horrible thing why would we want that yeah, no, what we want it's like no snorting cocaine in the middle of the afternoon is not a good thing (laughs) yeah but I think libertarians are also smart enough to know for the most part that if you want to do heroin, you're going to do it whether it's against the law or not. Right. So that's not stopping anyone. You know, there's I, there's very few laws actually that I follow because it's, a, you know, because it's the law. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do what I want. I'm not doing heroin because I don't want to shoot up heroin. <laughs> like, I'm not smoking pot because I don't want to. <laughs> so Yeah, like, exactly. There's. You know, if you really want people not to do that, then start a charity, start a campaign, you know, get a group of people together and, you know, put those uh, one to grow on ads that they used to put up when I was a kid and hope that deters them. I mean, but don't don't make the government be somebody's parent in in anything like it's just like. Yeah, we're not supposed to be parenting other adults. You know, that's the yeah. Uh, if the road to hell is paved with good intentions, it's definitely that. You know, parenting other yeah. adults. Yeah, and also I don't need you to raise my kid. Like 
he's mine. I'm, I'm the one, trust me, because you're not up with him three or four times a night when his, his alarm goes off. You're not up with him when he's crying every time I have to change his insulin pump. Like, trust me when I say I have his best interest at heart. it's just it's beyond me yeah that that's a sad state of affairs when a mother of a child has to say no i I know what's good for him yeah (laughs) and you have to state that case on paper you know i mean to to have to go through an appeal and it's like when you're at the point where we're we're in a, a good area with a good public school you know as good as a public school can be and it's like, well, we tried this kindergarten and public school situation and that did not work. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, now it's either charter or homeschool um, because you can't because to be perfectly honest, as much as the government doesn't seem to trust us with our own children, I don't trust the government with my children. <laughs> so, yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah, it's like and I, I, I feel like that's probably a good thing. It's, it's a good thing that I'm a little weary. So. Yeah. Um, and I've adopted two kids out of uh, foster care. So I definitely know what can go wrong when government is involved with kids' lives. <laughs> uh, yeah. My son, for example, you know, was put into foster care at the age of four and we didn't get him until he was already nine and he had been moved from house to house to house. You know, it. He's a little boy with who's riddled with ADHD, and so anytime that he started acting up, the foster parent at that place would just say, "Yeah, he's too much. Just, just take him." You know. <laughs> and, oh, that breaks my heart. Yeah, and he would just get I mean, shuffled great. around. And then um, my wife found out about him because he's uh, related to her. It was like a second cousin uh, type of thing, and so we said, "Yeah, well, we'll take him." You know, and then ever since he's been with us. You know, yeah, he acts out because he's a little boy with ADHD, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we have also a, a three-year-old girl whose uh, mom was a real piece of work. She was, uh, you know, shooting up heroin uh, while she was pregnant. So the baby was born drug exposed. And, uh, oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. And so when, when we got the call to get her and I'm hearing drug exposed baby, I'm like starting to look up. I was like, okay, what am I about to get into here? <laughs> He was like, yeah. oh, yeah, that every kind of learning disability they'll have, uh, you know, they'll be kind of spastic and awkward. They're not going to be able to walk and talk on, you know, on time or correctly. And so I was like, going, OK, well, this is going to be a big deal. But, you know, the little girl needs help. Get her into the house. Yeah. You know, she's walking and talking on time. No problem. It, if you look at her and see her interact with other people, it, you would think there was nothing wrong with her. So I guess we lucked out on that. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes like things like that, that makes me question a lot of, not a lot, but like some of my views, but it kind of goes back to just the nap for me. It's like, it's, it's like, well, what do we do about mothers that are, you know, drinking and doing drugs and when they're pregnant? And, yeah. and it's like, how, how do we handle that as society? But, and it's the same reason why I'm, I'm pro-life is because I believe that that's not just her body. That's somebody else's that she's now affecting. Right. So that's where I'm kind of still at like, okay, you know, 
we use the government to like put people that, you know, murder and abuse and hurt other people in jail. Uh, you know, not that I'm saying that we should do that to women by any means. I don't want that on tape that I would do that. <laughs> I do not think that we should do that to women at right. all. I think it's like, those are the things that I really, it's like, you really have to think about like, well, what do we do in that situation? How do we help that? How do we kind of come to a place where this isn't happening? And, and in my mind, I'm, you know, the way I look at it is there's no amount of, there's no legislation. There's really no amount of, um, forcing morality on people that can really change that i mean you kind of have to do it when coming from a place of love and support and kind of just being there for people on a personal level um you know and maybe like with charity volunteerism because i don't think we can really force people into you know we can't really legislate uh people into not doing these things yeah and uh, it, it's like <laughs> yeah and just kind of seeing it from the inside um it i can lay all of the blame squarely at the government's feet on this uh the drug war has pushed these people to the fringes of society uh yes. people have conflated legality with morality so usually Absolutely. if they're doing drugs and you know maybe have a black boyfriend because that's uh, still a thing down here in the South. Uh, you know, so the, uh, then the, the woman has like no family unit that's going to help take care of them, you know, to help them get off of the substance abuse or maybe stop hanging around with, uh, bad influences and stuff like this. Uh, so they kind of get pushed to the edges because the parents think, oh, well, they're doing something illegal, so they're wrong all the time, and I'm never going to believe them. And then they get yeah. themselves into trouble like that. And I, you know, I see it, and I'm just like, ah, you know, government, you really did a number on people. Um, I, I think once we do get to that, you know, and Capistan Libertopia idea that we're that we always talk about, I'm thinking, you know, private charities and people's families would be a little more responsible. For their family members, you know, I think the uh, the communities would be so tight knit that you're going to know who's the dickhead in the neighborhood who beats his kids uh, to yeah, a ridiculous I extent. Agree. You know, and uh, sure, you know, if if I see a neighbor taking a rubber hose to a, a nine year old because he got mouthy, yeah, I might hop a fence and stop it. Sure, I'll I'll violate the nap for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, you know what? And I would say, I don't think that's a violation of the now. <laughs> I mean, when you, yeah, because you're coming to the defense think, of others, but I, the, we yeah. always get into these arg- arguments with these pedantic uh, conservatives who, who kind of know some of the lingo. And so they always like to say, well, you're hopping the fence here. You're, you're violating their, you're trespassing on their property. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, and we could get into all of that. There's always going to be that exception. Yeah. Uh, there's always going to be that small percentage of, of people that just, uh, you know, they're just going to do what they're going to do. People are going to do what they're going to do. But I, I think if we were a little freer to do what we wanted to do, it might not be so appealing. And if we were just a little less, I'm not, I'm not going to even say judgmental cause I don't want to get into that either, but <laughs> you know, if we were just a little more, you know, compassionate towards 
what people were going through just on a personal level than exactly what you said. I don't think they would, there's, I think there's a lot of people that wouldn't feel there's nowhere else to turn that they just have to deal with things the way they're going to deal with them. Right. And I mean, a lot of our problems can, a lot of these problems could be solved by either leaving people alone or the people that are compassionate enough to care about other people, just helping those people on a personal level. Like it doesn't, it's not, so it's not so difficult that we just have to have a governing body to take care of every single thing. That governing body just, just seems to have made things worse. You know, it, it's like, we have to, we have to have somebody taking care of every exception to the point that people can't live their lives because we're so worried about the exception. Yeah. And you know, now we've got it to a point that it doesn't really matter what you do during the day. You've committed at least three felonies in the span yeah. of 24 hours, you know, because we, yeah. you know, it, every now and then we'll have like a, a, a chippy little congressman who'll get up there and he'll pull up like the federal code on stuff. And it's like a big old stack of paper. And then they'll put the, the Bible right next to it. And it was like, well, these are the rules on how to live. And here's the federal government regulations on how to live. You know, they'll make that distinction, but you know, they never seem to take any of that piece of paper off, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Once we get to a point where people can leave each other alone, uh, for the most part, yeah. you know, we're still going to be involved in each other's lives because humans are social creatures. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. we got, we'll, we'll have private charities and people's family members. And like, like we were talking about at the beginning, rights and responsibilities, you know, there'll be a lot of responsibility for, other people. And yes, that may include yeah. your neighbor that you don't know so well. You know. Yeah. And you and I would like to say to like anyone listening to this, like, it's not your responsibility to take care of your neighbor. You don't have to do that. But right. if you are sitting here listening to this, especially if you're somebody that thinks that libertarians are just crazy. Anarchists are out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, monarchists are just nuts, whatever. But you're kind of wondering like how would all of this work and you would want to change things, then go ahead and just do it. Just start being that person yeah. just a little bit. And I promise you that it doesn't take much. And if we all just kind of just did that a little bit, just left other people alone when we're trying to judge them and just help them a little more when they ask for it or need it, then we could see huge changes. And if you don't want to do anything, then just stay out of other people's way. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we just solved it. We just solved all of the world's problems just now. So yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> are none of them. Absolutely none of them. <laughs> so, also, just for the record, none of you are real libertarians. Yes. Um, uh, is there anything else we missed in the Fed? Taxation is theft. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> taxation is so. theft. Extortion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, it's extortion. So. I'll, I'll start taking uh, the Larkin Rose quotes: "Fuck your military, fuck your police, fuck your government." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my absolute favorite, Eric July: "Fuck them ho ass roads." Yes, so, indeed. Fuck them ho ass roads. Yeah. If there was ever a better quote, then let me know because I haven't seen it. So. Well, Eric July had the other one was uh, "Monetize the haters." So. Oh yeah. yeah. That's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, Britt. Well, uh, I think that's a a good place to uh, cap it off at. Uh, all right. Thank you, you know, for having me. Oh, no problem at all. It's uh, I do enjoy uh, reading your tweets. Uh, every time oh, I get to you. see that that stuff, it's uh, it's always great to know that uh, yes, even in California, there are libertarians out there. I should know because Mountain View, California, is where a lot of my listeners are at for some reason. That is great. I'm actually going to go back to my feed right now because I'm sure there's people that are going to. Yell at me. <laughs> I'm sure I have people, you know, already telling me what a, you know, what I've done wrong today and oh, yeah, how yeah, I'm yeah, ruining yeah. the world. So yeah, Twitter is a dumpster fire for sure. But uh, you're one of yeah, the, the rare ra- rays of sunshine in there. So thank you so much. <laughs> oh, but, well, before we go, uh, uh, what's your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Oh, gosh. Uh, I love Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, great movie. And I also love It Could Happen to You. So, and I love Next. Oh, and National Treasure. I, you know what? This is really... I <laughs> All right, consider so, that can of worms oh, opened. Ghost, right. What? <laughs> I said, consider that can of worms opened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know what? In fact, everyone should tweet me their favorite one. <laughs> Maybe there's one I haven't seen. Yeah. Uh, hmm. But I I can tell you this for sure. The one I relate to most is Valley Girl. So, oh, not uh, Once Bitten, not that one. No, no. Have to go way back in the catalog for that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Britt. We'll take it easy, and uh, we'll see you guys around next time. Okay. Thanks. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, and there she goes, folks. That was a fun one. We got to a lot of serious info there. So anyways, guys, I'll have all of her links down in the show notes page uh, where you can find her at on Twitter and her new podcast, which will be coming out soon. Uh, anyways, guys, didn't get any uh, new questions or new reviews this week, and that makes me a little sad. So if you could, step your game up. Those are rookie numbers. You've got to pump those numbers up. Uh, if you could, head on over to anchor.fm forward slash rebel with a cause. And guess what, guys? You can leave me a voicemail if you want. Yeah, the link's down there in the show notes. All right, if you want to, uh, uh, you know, send me an email instead because you're a little shy and don't want to get on the recording device, that's that's fine too. Rebel with a Cause podcast at protonmail.com. All right, guys, well, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, Miss Sherry Voluntary. Don't want to miss it. That one's going to be great. All right, guys, out. <laughs>